Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. G'day, 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 and welcome to the Story Chunder podcast with Matt Young. What is the Story Chunder, you might ask? Well... It's an opportunity for regular people like yourselves to tell unbelievably true stories from their lives. We started as a live event here in Brisbane, Australia, and we moved to Instagram during the COVID-19 pandemic. This week's theme was miscommunication. Our first storyteller is Shalise Vandell, a singer and actor from Brisbane. And when she went on a family vacation as a nine-year-old, there was a bit of a miscommunication over the pronunciation of a word. Now, for those of you who don't live in Australia, hold tight because it could be a little bit shocking. Sure. Okay, so this is just a cute little story that my family still likes to traumatize me with. Um, (laughs) So um, it was about, I would say about 10 years ago. I was little. I was only about nine. So my mom, she loves her birthday. Um, it's always a week long event and there's always multiple days of celebration to commemorate the wonder that is my mother. She is amazing and she knows it. She's a birthday queen. And so one year, every, something she'd always wanted to do was to rent a houseboat and like go for a whole week and just party it up on a houseboat. So that's what they did. Um, and it was horrendous. (laughs) It was horrible. So basically, um, this was this houseboat was like the houseboat from hell so my grandma still maintains to this day that she has like a sort of ptsd whenever she gets onto a boat she's a bit dramatic um (laughs) blessed but so we set sail and everyone's drinking not me because i was nine and everyone was you know playing cards and laughing and eating and we go to sleep so excited for the week ahead of more of this amazing family time. There's also a spa on the roof of the houseboat, which is crazy. We were just, we were living it up. It was so much fun. Um, So my auntie who decided to be the kind of captain of the ship because she had, I don't know, driven a boat before. um, She was having trouble lowering the anchor, but she finally did and everything was fine and we went to sleep. Um, And then in the middle of the night, we heard this huge crashing sound. Um, and we realized that the anchor wasn't heavy enough for the boat. So (laughs) it was a massive houseboat. So, so many things went wrong with this houseboat. This is just one of them. So the anchor was too light. So we crashed into the side of the river and we called the guy who owned it. And he basically said that no one else had had the issue. Like he must be doing it wrong. So in the morning, he came and looked at it anyway. He said, it's fine. 
nothing's wrong with it. You're just not doing it right. Gave us some tips and sent us on the way. He also said that if it happened, woo, if it happened again, <laughs> if it happened again, we would have to pay for the damages of the boat because it was entirely our fault, which I don't think it was. Um, yeah, so he was kind of rude, but we sort of tried again um, anyway. So during the day, like we, we would stop and put the anchor down, but this, it ended up flying away again in the current of the river and getting tangled around someone else's anchor. Um, and then the people who owned the other boat started swearing at us and screaming and threatening to sue us. And our boats crashed into each other. And it was like, it was horrendous. It was a mess. Anyway, so after we had been screamed at and sworn at and exchanged numbers with the angry boat people, um, sorry, <laughs> we decided to just cut the trip short and we'd go home and we just, we would stay the night and then, and then leave. Like we did not want to be on this boat any longer um, because people had to, so we were like, okay, I guess someone has to be driving every single time, like forever. So every three hours they would swap and that was overnight as well. So all the adults, I was fine. I was a kid. So I was just like, <laughs> Live, like I was fine. I was like having the best time, but um, the adults were really angry. So the next morning, everyone was really silent and really annoyed and drinking coffee. And then the engine started making this horrendous, loud sputtering sound. Um, and I remember all the adults, so they went to examine it um, and they came back inside and they were like, oh my God, there's a boy in the engine. And I was like, what? The, like my jaw absolutely hit the floor. I ran back into my room because I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to see what was happening. Um, I could only imagine like the, all the blood and everything. And I was just like, how old is this boy? Is he gonna be okay? This is the worst trip of my life. And so from inside the room, I could hear my mom like shouting, just being like, this is so frustrating. I can't believe a boy got caught. I just wanna go home. Hopefully it won't take too long to get it out. This whole trip has been so stressful. It's my birthday. And I would hear all the adults being like, yeah, it's annoying, it's annoying. And I was like, like only nine just being like oh my god oh my god and like I was in shock I couldn't believe my family was being so insensitive <laughs> like it's a, it, it's inconvenient but it's it's a boy's life it was at stake uh, had they even called an ambulance I uh, and so I was just like on the verge of tears and I crept out of my room I was so horrified by my family's reaction and the situation and uh, my mom saw me and she said, hey, we should be able to go soon. It's completely wrapped in the engine, but grandpa is untangling it. <laughs> and I literally, <laughs> I started sobbing. I was just sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. And I almost threw up. I felt horrendous. And then my mom sort of just looked at me, realized that I didn't know what a boy was. I didn't even know if that's how you say it. Boy? Boy. Well, in, in America, we say booey, but boy. Oh, uh, maybe that's why. Anyway, so boy in the engine. Anyway, so my poor nine-year-old self had no idea what a boy was. 
So obviously I thought it was a real boy. My mum really, really had to try not to burst out laughing as I was like sobbing. And she was explaining to me that it was not a little boy that was caught in the engine, but just like a plastic thing with a string attached to it. Is that what a boy is? I obviously still know nothing about boats because my family refuses to go back on another one. Um, yeah, so anyway, I felt very stupid. Um, yeah, and it's still one of the weirdest things because it, it was a it was a bad trip altogether. Um, especially because I thought for a few seconds that my grandpa was literally untangling a little boy's intestines from an engine. <laughs> it was like, oh. it's terrible. I was like, so horrified. Um, but I think in in retrospect, it's good because it was a terrible trip that cost us so much money because we had to pay for all the damages to the houseboat, all the damages to everyone else's houseboat that we crashed into. Um, but this is, yeah, something that we can really laugh about. Laugh about how, laugh about my pain thinking that, yeah, a little boy was being tangled up in the engine. But yeah, that's my little miscommunication story. <laughs> Booey. Buoy. That's how we pronounce it in America. Buoy. But boy is how it's pronounced in other parts of the world. So, uh, yeah, you gotta be careful about what you say around a nine-year-old. Pronunciation wasn't necessarily a problem for our next storyteller, Sergio Ulloa, but having grown up in a non-English-speaking country, when he went, finally went to Las Vegas with his partner, and met somebody quite famous, there was a little bit of a miscommunication. Okay, this is my story. I'm from Chile, like Matt said. Um, when I was living there five years ago, I met my actual partner, uh, Scott. So we started a relation there, and he was living there. Uh, and in some moment, he had to come back to USA where he where, uh, was where he was living uh, before go Chile. So uh, when he left Chile, we decided to have a long relation distant, uh, this, uh, distant relationship, what was like a little weird for me, but we went for that and we decided to do it. So sometime he was going to Chile to visit to me and other time I was going to USA to visit to him. So the, the last time that I went to visit to him, I had to go to Elena, I don't know if you know uh, that town, Helena, is in Montana. It's a town that, uh, I don't know, it's not, I don't know if too much people know that town. It's a very small town. Actually, the only person that I saw there is my boyfriend because nobody was living there. I just could see just snow, everything white. Uh, so actually, the first time when I arrived there and I saw my, my partners, he was so white too, like the snow, like everything was white, 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 no people, like a ghost town, it was, oh my God, the thing that they have to do for love, you know, because it was, what are the bars, where are the American, where are the people here, so, okay, uh, everything good, I arrived there, I was a little uh, in a shock for, for the town, but I keep going, and we arrived at uh, his home, and the next day, uh, he got influenza, so he got sick, and at the next day, I got influenza too. So per the first uh, two weeks, we were with uh, influenza, what was obviously terrible. Imagine two months uh, without seeing each other and then with influenza, the thing that you're supposed to do, you have to keep, I don't know if you understand what I mean. 
So, <laughs> okay. So uh, we get better, and for make that, uh, for make my trip better, Scott decided to go to Las Vegas and go to see to Britney Spears. Okay, we went to Las Vegas. We were uh, feeling better, much better. Um, we went to see Britney Spears. We arrived to the to the big, big theater in Las Vegas. I was like, wow, that is what I was expecting for for my travel. You know, it was better than Helena. And I arrived there, and uh, in the in the front, a security guy uh, told me something like, "Hey, man, what are you And it's, it's what I understood in my mind. And I thought, okay, this guy should be selling me something because you know the Latin people, we always are selling things. So I said, this guy should be selling me something or something not important. And I said, no, I'm okay, thank you. I already have good seats, and I keep walking, like, you know. And Scott told me. You, you know what the, the security guy just told you now? And I say, no, I don't know, I don't care. I just, do, I, I just want to arrive to the stage to, to see the show. And he told me, he just asked you if you wanted to dance with Britney Spears on the stage. And I went, what the fuck? Are you young? That is true. Are you, uh, uh, tell me again what he told me. He told you if you want to dance with Britney Spears on the stage. And I say, oh my God. Okay, I will back. I came back and I said, yes, I won. Sorry, but my English is bad. I didn't understand what you said. Imagine that in that time my English was worse than now. So the security was, what? What he's speaking about? So my, my partner uh, tried to explain what's, uh, what's going on. And I said, okay, what I have to do? How, how, how I can dance with her? And she told me, and he told me, well, you have to take a, we will take you a picture and we will show a, a, to Britney the picture with another picture and she will choose a, who will dance with her. And I say, okay, that's my moment. I have to have good picture because I really want that dance with the beast. So I try to do my best in, you know, the, in, in the picture, like, like for, for like Britney, you know? Okay, so I, I went to, to see the show. Uh, the show start and uh, I was losing the hopeless, okay, that was not happening tonight. And in some moments, the same security guy arrived and he told me, okay, Sergio, uh, bring me show you, you will uh, dance with her on the stage. And I was, oh my God, I was, what is this? How, the, the first thing that came to my mind, how I will understand what the dancer and, are telling me how I will understand if she speak with me and she asks me something, I won't understand. I, I, I would be so stressed with a lot of pressure, with a lot of people looking at me and the show, of course. And I was like so, 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 so nervous. Okay, the show will start, blah, blah, blah. I didn't enjoy the show. The show I don't remember the show because all the time it was in my mind, oh my God, what I will do, what I will do there. This will be stupid, so stupid, and blah, blah. Okay, and so moment all the lies came to me, and Britney said, hey, hey, you wanna come to the stage? You know, with the particular, particular voice of Britney. And I went to the stage, and the music started, um, and I, I didn't understand anything that the dancer uh, was telling to me. The only thing that um, they was trying to do was pushing to me, like doing something like that, and in some moment I, I hear like, on your knee, on your knee. And I said, okay, I know this word. I, 
<laughs> I listened that before. Okay, I got you. And on my knee, okay, is what I have to do. And I went to my knee, I did a, a step, uh, I don't know who was explaining the step, it was something like, can I show? It was yeah. like, like being like, like that and go like, like a dog in the state. <laughs> Britney Spears was behind me like, it was what I'm doing here, what is going on, what is happening here, you know, it was everything so weird. Okay, in the end, in the end of the show, that is not the best, the, uh, the best come now, in the end of the show, I was, I just wanted like that finish, um, because I was so scared uh, for the moment when she come to me and she speak to me. So I didn't want that because I, I was sure that I, I, I was going not not understand, you know. So she came to me like hi, blah, 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 blah. speaking in English. I don't remember what she, she was saying. I say hi, hi. I'm from Chile. I'm from Chile. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for showing me. I'm from Chile. And she was asking me my name. She was asking, "What is your name?" And I was from Chile, Chile, Chile. So everybody saw that my name was Chile, and everybody in the audience uh, saw that my name was Chile. So she said, give it up for Chile. And all the public then was, hi, Chile, you did incredible. It was amazing. Congratulations, Chile, and blah, blah, blah. The next day in the newspapers appear like a Britney Spears say hello to Chile for mistake. You know, like it was, that was a big misunderstanding. So <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's so important if you will travel to another country, Try to try to speak the natural language because if not, the misunderstanding will be terrible. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, I love Britney. Our next storyteller is another Brisbane-based actor, Isla Princeton, and she tells a story about what can happen when you say something to a child and they just take it the wrong way. Thank you. Well, um, it's sort of more an underlying message of miscommunication. Hopefully you'll know what I'm talking about at the end. Um, so yeah, I have a, I have two brothers and one sister. Um, one of my brothers is severely handicapped and the other one is on the autism spectrum. Um, and the story is going to be about him. So he is hilarious. Um, he like, he's only 10 but like a lot of kids, he takes a lot from what he sees on TV and on YouTube and social media. Um, and he doesn't miss a thing. Um, and so I took him for a bike ride the other day, kind of forcing him to get out of the house because, you know, isolation and whatnot. Um, and so, you know, obviously, like when we go out for a bike ride or we go out to the park, he, even though he's not meant to be right now, he goes up to people and he'll, you know, pretend to be a dinosaur or, um, <laughs> you know, in this case, he was going up and um, miming, not miming, um, kind of humming the Jaws theme song to all the kids. And I was kind of saying, yeah, you can't do that, mate. Like, I might be scared of a shark. Anyway, um, so we were on the way home and I think since he was a bit tired, he he was starting to be a bit cheeky. And so I said, Gabe, if you're going to be cheeky, then you can walk home by yourself. And um, I didn't realize that that had really struck a chord with him. And so um, I think it was a few minutes later, I said something along the lines of, 
you know, trying to make conversation, like, what do you want to be when you grow up or something like that? And he was just giving me the silent treatment. And um, I was like, Gabe, what's wrong? And he just goes, are you going to treat me like a child or a man? And I was, I was kind of like, what? What are you talking about? And he started crying. And I just said, Gabe, why are you crying? What? I'm really sorry. Did I do something? And he's just like, it's ice sweat. Men don't cry. And I just went, well, where did you hear that from then? And I was, you know, I was kind of, you know, feeling really um, excited. I was like, well, you're about to, you know, get this big speech from your older sister about, you know, gender roles and all that kind of stuff. And then I thought, maybe not because, you know, he's only 10 and I don't want to overwhelm him with, you know, this huge rant or whatever. Um, but, you know, I just said, you know, where did you hear that from? Men can cry. And he said, that's just an urban legend. That's like saying girls can fart. And I was just kind of like, okay. <laughs> maybe I'll just, you know, and I just kept asking him, you know, where did you hear that from? And he would just, you know, come up with answers like, oh, it's just the truth of life or you know, and, you know, I'm thinking because, you know, no one in my family would have kind of told him about that. Um, you know, probably it was, you know, on social media or YouTube or, you know, even at, from the kids at school, he would have heard it from type of thing. Um, and, you know, I really don't want my younger brother, particularly one who's, you know, insanely, um, you know, clever and, you know, doesn't miss anything to grow up, you know, with, you know, kind of, you know, this idea of men can't cry or, you know, they constantly have to be, you know, alphas or, you know, that kind of thing. You know, I think we need to eradicate that idea of toxic masculinity. Um, but I wasn't going to explain all that to a 10-year-old autistic boy. And so I just kind of, you know, said, hey, dad, can you have a chat to Gabe? Um, and I just thought, gee, he's, you know, he's really going to be, in it, you know, getting a rude awakening when he finds out girls can fart so yeah so he got a talking to and um I'm not sure if he's you know completely on board the idea but he's he's definitely learned something oh that story breaks my heart uh, <laughs> I think of my own children some of the things that I've said to them that have been misinterpreted over the years adults remember children hear everything our last storyteller this week is Andy Dexterity. Andy speaks English, but also interprets in Auslan, which is the Australian Sign Language. Now, if you get the chance to head over to our YouTube and have a look at this, but I thought it would be really sort of meta, I suppose, for you to listen to his story and try to imagine, if you are not um, someone who knows Auslan, what's going on. And also remember that if you were a deaf Australian, you wouldn't be able to listen to this podcast. I just thought maybe I should interpret a little bit just in case um, some deaf people tune in. Bob Ron. Fantastic. Deaf Great. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the intro. Um, yeah, I just thought when we were talking about um, uh, things that you say in front of um, children, I was doing a, w a Wiggles concert. And um, I was um, one of the hosts of the show. So they have the four main wiggles. And I was like the host introducing all the songs. And one day I said the word um, G's, like 
G-E-E-S, which I don't even, I don't even think it's a word. Like, it's just more like it. Darn it, you know? And um, after the performance, I remember like, um, Anthony the Blue Wiggle was like checking Instagram and they were checking like Facebook because they were worried that um, some religious people in the crowd um, maybe thought that I said Jesus or Jesus. Like it was that that day I realized how important it was on stage in front of like 10,000 people to be really careful about what comes out of your mouth because even if it is like innocent you know you can still get into a lot of trouble so um that was the day i cut out um g's out of my vocab <laughs> yeah um well i just wanted to talk about tonight about like auslan and sign language um there's a lot of um miscommunication like confusion this is the sign for confusion let's all learn some sign language so um if you rub four fingers on the bottom of your chin this means I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So there's a lot of this going on because um, there are many, many signs that have um, many, many meanings. For example, we have um, in um, New South Wales, in NSW, we have the sign for coffee, which is this. So you're actually grinding the beans. But in Victoria, we do the same sign and it means car, like cranking an old car. So it's really interesting. It um, depends on where you are. The sign can take on a different meaning. I'll show you a few other examples. We have them. Um, this is thirsty. And if you're a, a lazy signer like me sometimes and you let your other fingers relax, that becomes horny, which is a very different word. And like in the middle of a sentence, all of a sudden you're talking about how thirsty you are and the person you're talking to might get a very different um, meaning. <laughs> um, another common one is like lesbian and Lebanese. Um, it's an L shape in front of your face. And if it happens really quickly, um, yeah. Some people might think you're talking about lesbians. Some people might think you're talking about Lebanese. And the whole conversation from that point goes on this tangent because of what you picked up from the sign. You know, that's why you've always got to check and you have to make sure that, hang on, hang on. Um, can I just clarify, like, so we're talking about two lesbians who are thirsty, right? Yes. Not, not two horny um, Lebanese people, you know, like, <laughs> you know, everyone's different um, realities of one conversation. It's so fantastic. Um, but I want to finish off my little eight minutes here with... Um, so I perform the um, Alanis Morissette song. Yeah, I think I spelled it right. Um, you ought to know. You ought to know by Alanis Morissette. And there's a line in it. Um, you all know this song. How's it go? Um, uh, la, la, la. The cross I bear that you gave to me, you ought to know. So I thought the words were the cross-eyed bear, like the bear with cross eyes. And so my job as an artistic interpreter is to translate the words of the song so a deaf person can understand what it's about. And because I thought it was about a bear that had cross eyes for maybe like three years, I was telling this story 
to deaf audiences about this cute little bear with cross eyes. And like only just recently, maybe like four months ago, someone told me it's, no, 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 no. It's about like, you know, Jesus's cross that you're carrying the cross I bear this weight because of this guy. So um, it was very enlightening that day when I realized that Alanis Morissette's words were not about a bear, but it was actually a religious reference. And so, yeah, it became cross-eyed bear into cross-eyed bear. So, um, yeah, once, once again, it's very important to check what's going on in the conversation. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of singers don't have good diction. Oh, thank you, Andy. They are a beautiful human. This has been the Story Chunder podcast, recorded live off our Instagram feed on the 13th of April. We are online every Monday at 7 p.m. Brisbane time. So if you have a story to share or you want to hear more stories, let us know. You can reach us across all social media platforms at the Story Chunder. If you're not from Australia, Chunder is C-H-U-N-D-E-R, and it means to vomit because we vomit up our true stories every week. <laughs> Have a great week. Uh, if you're so inclined, check out our website for Patreon or PayPal, and you can make a donation so I can throw a little bit of money towards those storytellers. Otherwise, keep yourself safe and happy and healthy, and we'll see you next time on the Storyteller Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.